0: Welcome to Inspired by Her, the podcast that will give you the inspiration, motivation, and tips for success from some of the top executives, CEOs, and influencers from around the globe, with your host, serial entrepreneur, and named one of the most influential Filipina in the world, Kate Hancock.
1: And we are live. Hi, everyone. This is Kate Hancock, and I have here my very special guest. Christina Gerassi.
2: Hi, Christina. Hello. Hi. How are you?
1: I'm very well. Um, Christina is a lawyer. She's a founding shareholder at uh, Gerassi Law Firm. Christina, for anyone who didn't know you, can you please introduce yourself?
2: Uh, so I'm Christina Gerassi. I, uh, I, as Kate said, I we, I founded um, co-founded Gerassi Law Firm in 2007. And we started out as a law firm and we have since uh, we've now become a multifaceted firm. We have a media division that hosts uh, trade uh, trade shows, conferences. We have an in-house publication and magazine Um, and we have a consulting division. We actually designed a platform for our clients, which are private money lenders and um, non-traditional, non-conventional lenders to uh it's really a deal making site. So um that's kind of in a nutshell. Um but I also have a a property development company and I have a portfolio of properties. Uh and um I I'd owned I previously owned a a last studio that was an epic sale but
1: (laughs) we can talk a lot about we can talk more about that. Well um, Christina everyone, I met her in Greece. Through the Women of EO, that was what four years ago. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And then we went to Napa together. You're kind enough to got me a seat of the uh what is that company? It's not
2: the. Um... It's a uh, jet suite.
1: Yes. Yes. Oh, yeah. And
2: it's fun, isn't it fun? <laughs>
1: that was a lot of fun, and um, and then we went to the Philippines together. She was at my wedding, and. Oh, I'm oh, very a honored
2: to be in your beautiful wedding. <laughs> we
1: shared a room, we still laugh about it, right?
2: <laughs> yeah, your wedding night, um, because Kate had brought oh my god, Kate had brought a whole oh you know, brought her village with her from the United States. And so we 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 show up in the Philippines and there. You expected because you have a, you have two hotels, one with four rooms and then one with ten rooms, and you had expected that you were still building the ten room hotel. <laughs> it was we showed up and there was no windows. There was two of the ten semi completed. Oh, it was so funny. So uh, we had to get extra hotel rooms on the island, and some of us ended up sharing the room. I think on your wedding night, I refused to sleep in your room. <laughs> and i shared a room with um another girlfriend of ours and her brother and i think the room was probably the about 100 square feet
1: yes yeah so hey we made it work but at the awesome. same time we had so much fun but i was i still remember my my face of like how shocked i am where, <laughs> when the rooms are not done and we're like oh my god where am i going to put everyone
2: <laughs> did you ever see that, that movie? Um, it was, Oh, it's, it's uh, it's, it's not coming to mind, but it was, uh, uh, that actor that played in Beetlejuice and he was running a car factory and they had a certain quota to match the Japanese car company that was acquiring them. And so they're walking in the lot and they're pretending to, to clean a window that isn't, ex- it doesn't exist. It's like, oh, I gonna... I was like, that's what I felt like I was in that movie. You, you were going to inspect the property. They were like, All your workers were like, oh, no.
1: I know. I know. I think the crazy thing, um, you know, the guy that I was working with, he really promised that everything will be done in 30 days. I said, okay, are you sure it's going to be done? Up to this day, he said it's going to be done. But you know what? That's part of a great story. We had a blast. And it's definitely something that I learned so much from, from that experience.
2: Well, it was so it was so neat to land like on your island because remember we spent a few days in Manila and uh, your connections had gotten us into the Mumbai palace. And it was it was a phenomenal experience. And then we, we go to your, you know, leaving you know Manila, which is a big city. It's like similar. It's crazy like L.A. to go to this beautiful tropical island. And when we landed, they had a parade for you
1: know for all of you See, no, a, my like it said,
2: welcome kate and dan and guests and it was just so special i had like a little marching band i'm like wow i, I knew you were a big deal i didn't know you were this big <laughs> no, no, no. It's, it's so loving there people were just so kind yeah we had a very kind
1: that was an amazing experience and i can't wait for us to do it again very soon
2: yeah when this quarantine is lifted
1: all right christina um I have to ask you, where did you grow up? Did you grow up in L.A.? Tell me.
2: So I was born in Whittier um, and predominantly born and raised in uh, Whittier and Pico Rivera. I, um, my, parents, my parents briefly bought a house when uh, they were married. They bought, they bought a house in San Gabriel and then they bought a house. They had a house built out in Ontario when there was really nothing there uh and i only think we lived there a couple of years before they got divorced when they got divorced we moved me and my mom moved back to rivera and we lived in um my my grandmother had four little houses and we lived in one of those houses um there were three one bedrooms and one two bedroom and we started out in the two bedroom and then there would sometimes be a confrontation between my mom and my grandma we'd move out and then we'd move back in and so it was uh It was always in that area.
1: Yeah. Okay. Um, What is the best memories of your childhood and the worst?
2: Oh, that's a, that's a loaded question. So my, my childhood, the best memories I could, I could say was the, um, I always felt loved. I never felt, I never felt unloved. My, my, my mother did a really good job of making sure that I, you know, that I knew that she loved me. Um, But uh, there was, it was, it was, I mean, my childhood, I mean, on on a whole was, was a pretty violent. It was a pretty, um, it it was a pretty tumultuous childhood. I would never say there was really any stability. Um, My parents got divorced, as I said earlier, when I was six there was a lot of domestic abuse and i remember seeing that um and my my parents split up my mom moved me and my sister my younger sister olivia to um Vic Rivera. and i would you know it was a, it was a, it wasn't exactly it was a rough town it was a it was a it's a, it a rough city people you know they minded their own business and you um you you just that was just what I knew, you know. It was a
1: yeah okay. Um, so do you um, do you always wanted to be a lawyer growing up? Is that something that you really?
2: Knew? Well, my mother always wanted to be a lawyer, and her uncle was an attorney, and her cousin was an attorney, and she actually um, was a paralegal, and uh, she always you know would pound into my head that an education is something that nobody could ever take away from you. Mm. And what I love to do, I always, I love to sing. I love to sing. Um, like I sang at your wedding. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You have a Wonderful. And, um,
2: but I knew that I, I, I didn't want to live the way that I grew up. I didn't want to be stuck, you know, wondering, you know, when the electrical is going to be shut off or when I, mean, I grew up most, you know, there were times where we had no hot water. And we would steal electricity from the neighbors or, you know, many times we didn't even have food. And so it was uh, something that I knew I didn't want. You know, once I grew up, I knew that wasn't the life that I wanted to lead. And my mother always told me an education was the way out. And I knew that was my ticket out. So I always went to school. I always had a profound love for reading. Um, Unfortunately, I got really sick when I was a child. And um, I was in and out of the hospital once at a time. They had removed my mastoid and a a bunch of inner ear bones. And when I came home and I was recovering, I think I was around eight years old, eight or nine years old. My mom threw this big, thick book at me. It was like a thousand pages long. And she said, you're not going to sit in front of the TV and recover. You're going to do something. You're going to read. And so um, I remember she gave me this book from the supermarket she had picked up. And I, that was when my love for reading really began. And I, I read everything. I still really, really enjoy like uh, fiction. Mm-hmm. And Follett's one of my favorite writers. Um, and it just it kind of transported me to another world that I can completely invent, invent inside my head. Because my reality was pretty dismal. <laughs> you know, being sick and um, not being in the most stable of environments.
1: Yeah. So bring me, um, I think you share that your,
2: what school, your, what school, university of which one did you want to? So I ended up, believe it or not, I ended up dropping out of high school, um, and going to junior college and getting my AA degree. And then I transferred to Cal Poly Pomona. Mm -hmm. And really once I transferred to Cal Poly is when things really started shooting up. You know, I, uh, I, um, I got my degree in political science. I was a double major. It was, it was music and political science. And I came to the point where I had to choose one or the other because, um, I couldn't afford to stay in school and, you know, pursue a double major. If it wasn't going to, in my mind, it wasn't going to provide any real results. And so I knew I wanted to go to law school and, um, I, I ended up applying and getting a scholarship to Chapman Law School, which is why I ended up going there. Wow.
1: I know you're a trial lawyer. Can you tell me your very first case? I know you're feisty. I, I've seen your work. <laughs> and uh, tell me about the first case that you remember, or the very first case.
2: Oh, my first trial? Oh, amazing. Um, it was uh, the Carol Wallace versus... Uh, uh, it, was a, it was a Carol Wallace case, um, and a essentially a broker had um, swindled title from an elderly woman and uh, tried to foreclose and kick her out in stealing at that time. This is 2000, 2008, 2000, 2008. Eight two thousand and nine, I want to say two thousand and nine, um, and it was a jury trial. It went three weeks. It was, um, it was very exciting. Um, we had a we 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 uh, I I was I had a four month five month old child, so I was it was over in Santa Ana at the Santa Ana courthouse. Judge Wilkinson was my judge, um, very very good stern judge, and um. I, you know, I was always very, oh, I was very assertive, <laughs> very mouthy, very, uh, and I, I just remember I would, objection your honor, and he'd be like, calm down, calm down, <laughs> calm down. and I was like, well, I, you know, I would go to the bathroom uh, during our recesses and pump, because I had a four-month-old, I was still breastfeeding. And so I think, with those hormones, and then I'm just naturally somewhat very, you know outgoing, it was definitely a, it was it was definitely a roller coaster. it was it was a lot of fun. Um, my closing argument ended up being an hour long. and the uh, they deliberated. we came in and we won. And I was just ecstatic, and they did a write up about it in the daily journal um and verdict search So that was my first trial that was that was a, that was a pretty big deal in my field to be recognized you know for for winning a trial and then it happened to have been my first and um so yeah that was my first wow
1: you are here um you're in a during you know the trial and you're pumping because you're breastfeeding, that's just a um superwoman right there
2: and it lets <laughs> you on you know i did I never thought of it that way. It just never crossed my mind not to do it you know people people always uh ask me, wow, you know you 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 had you had it so rough as a child and once my my cousin my cousin Carl Coles was like, you know you really made you know, I'm so proud of you you really you did so much for yourself and you really, you never let anything stand in your way. And my thought was, I never, there was never any idea in my head. I shouldn't be that way.
1: Mm-hmm. You know? so tell me what, what is the motivation behind that?
2: You know, I knew you were going to ask that question and I would say, you know, cause I'm, I'm very, I'm very into, I know you're very into, um, you know, find your why, recognizing and defining your why um, it's a the concept that, that starts from that uh, Simon Sinek wrote that book um start with why and it's, it's great and we see it in a lot of um a lot of a lot of our um, tools that we use you mm-hmm. and I as um personal development and they you know they they say to clearly define you know what your contribution is to, to the world you know why you do what you do and I, you know, I would say there were different phases throughout my life. You know, I guess um, I, in the beginning, I knew that I could always see 10 steps ahead ahead of everything. I could just, I just always had this, this vision of how things could easily work out. And so around me, I would see people continually doing things that hurt themselves. And, um, you know, friends that my mother had, I would just them in these really bad relationships with men repeating the cycle um we had we had a neighbor and this uh girl was 19 and at 19 she had three children and I mean she was married and and but it was just she'd never graduated high school I don't even think she can read or write and I would just see these you know these these people around me growing up just making the same bad decisions and for me, I could always see. Well, if you didn't do this and you did that, then things would work out for you. At a very young age, I just figured things out quickly, mm. and so it was just a no-brainer. I'm like, well, I don't want to live like this. This isn't. I don't want to live on welfare. I don't want to have to use food stamps. I don't want to worry about you know if I need if I'm going to be able to pay my bills. And so I, you know, I, I constantly just strived to move forward, knowing that I could figure it out. Um. And it suited me, suited me for a really long time. You know, I had a very, um, I I, I had a mentality that it was, you know, it was them or it was me and it certainly wasn't going to be me, you know, and that it suited me for a very, very long time, a very uh, aggressive behavior until it didn't suit me anymore. And I started looking for, you know, eventually I started looking for different ways to be happy. And so I think my why changed from you know survival to you know flourishing but education has always been learning and education has always been kind of what always kind of snapped me out of what I you know what was ever holding me back Mm -hmm. if that makes sense
1: yeah yeah totally that's that's amazing now you guys started with two attorneys and scale it you guys uh you're in the pink uh ink 5000 list and you guys tell me what was the secret sauce and what was your role oh my there. god
2: so we started out um it was just uh, me and my partner and he had completely had it with his with his current firm he was like i'm quitting and i'm going somewhere else or i'm starting my own firm and I had always, I had always owned businesses, even when I was in, um, when I was an undergrad. I, my mom, as like I said, my mom was a paralegal, and so there was never any thought in my mind that I didn't want my own business, and I didn't want my own firm. I always wanted my own firm, um, even back in undergrad. I would, I would go to local attorneys and I would do bankruptcies and charge them two hundred dollars, and they would charge their client thousand mm-hmm. dollars, and that continued on even into law school. I was, I was always finding kind of like the side hustle. My mom had her own paralegal business and I would you know try and figure out new products or services that she can offer to make more money to just bring in more revenue because you know there was we're always hustling to find you know to to bring in more cash flow because it was you know there was not a lot of it and um I always knew that I wanted my own firm. So when he was completely done with his current firm he's like I'm gonna I'm like well you know what um you're going to do it. Let's do it now, um, because right now we're both bringing in a great income. And I was I was at a larger firm at the time. I was at a firm that had about a hundred lawyers, mm-hmm. and I was getting real used to the uh, monthly income that that firm brought in, and I, you know, that job brought in, and you know the perks. You know, every year they'd fly us all out to a certain location and put us up at a hotel for a weekend, and we had this great big party. And, and there was you know there was definitely really you know the lunches and the the there's a lot of nice benefits to working for a big firm like that and had you know we were over at skyscrapers off of Maine and Irvine I had this beautiful office with a big building a big big window and and a lot of support staff and um it, you start to get used to this kind of stuff mm. and when he said I couldn't I you know I couldn't do this anymore I want to start my own you know we're going to start our own firm and I go well I'm going to get used to the money so before I do, let's, you know, let's start our own firm. And so he, he ended up resigning. We got our first office. I may, I still continued to work um, for a few more months. Uh, he got a hundred, we had 176, 167 square foot office.
1: Mm, where is and that? And
2: it, it was over uh, for the Wells Fargo tower off of Maine and Irvine, tiny mm. little, tiny little office. And um, I remember he brought this 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 uh, litigation case in it was I think it was, it was in the court cop courts and uh, any litigation that came in I did because he did securities so he did transactional law he didn't do litigation and so whenever we got this little litigation case in, I would go to my office and I would turn off my computer for the firm locked the door. Pray to God that nobody was going to catch me working on my own cases on my own firm. I was like, "Oh my God, they catch me, I and mean, they're going to fire me!" And you know, um, until we did that, I did that for a few, about six months, and then I uh, was able. We had enough clients,
0: and I had enough
2: um, uh, workload to be able to quit and go on full time into the firm. Mm-hmm. So then. It it was, it was great. We, um, we started bringing in more cases and, um, it was two offices. We had one employee, um, and I shared an office with her and my partner shared an office with our server, (laughs) like literally a server with our files. And it was a server rack that housed our email or our hard drive. It was sitting in an office with him and I shared an office with her. And I remember staining the desks, you know, because we bought we bought desks secondhand and I stained them and um, just started growing from there. And as momentum picked up, brought in more cases, um, we brought in an additional employee and then we brought in a law clerk and just started gaining momentum. And um, as the work came in, we started growing. And um, this was 2007 during the worst recession. Wow we grew out of the worst recession ever. We were, we were hungry. um, We were driven. We charged a lot less than the big guys. And so people were willing to give us a shot. You know, we, we worked really hard. We practiced what we coined rent law. I love to say I practiced rent law because I took everything in that would pay the rent Mm -hmm. Um, cases that I would never even look at today. (laughs) Wow. I happily took because they were paying.
1: Wow. 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 That's amazing. And I've was able to uh, visit your office in Irvine. It was beautiful. Um, that, uh, Thank you. glass door and, uh, it's nicely done. Um, I know you're so good. I remember one lunch, You took me out of lunch and, you've asked me a lot of questions and a lot of people could learn, especially solo entrepreneurs, right? You're so good at figuring your KPI. How do you scale? I mean, you got it. Like you play down yourself, but you know, so much. So what can you (laughs) share about what people should know about
2: KPI? Um, So your KPIs. Um, When, when I started my law firm, um, there was this old attorney, and his name was actually I just told the story the other day. His name was Morland Fisher, and um, he's still around. He's a, he's a he's a copyright attorney, and he said, "Christina, I'm going to give you one golden rule. One golden rule. I like, one golden rule. If you listen to me, and you do this, you're always going to be successful." And I said, "Okay, Morland, what is this one golden rule?" He said, "You always spend less than you make." <laughs> And you'll be fine, you know. But in, in all seriousness, I mean you have to know what your 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 key product indicators are. You know, for, for for my business, it's time, right? I only have so many attorneys, and they need to be able to bill a certain amount, they're only able to bill a certain finite amount of time, right? And so, my pro- whatever your product is, you need to know what your return on investment is for that. So for me, for for lawyers, it's time. We sell time, right? And so we need to know how much time you know, uh, one attorney, you know, our attorney is able to produce at what product, you know, product quality. And then once it is produced, how much of that will actually be recouped? Because just because an attorney bills 10 hours doesn't mean that I can charge my client 10 hours. And just because I charge my client, say five of the 10, doesn't mean that they're going to pay for five of the 10, because maybe they feel that they only really need to pay for 2.5, that, that the attorney should have been able to do it in less time. Right. So to know your, to know your, 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 you know, what the key is to really drill down on what your product is, what it costs to produce it, and how much you make off of that. And if you have those numbers down, then you 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 know how much you can you can then use them as projections. I think what you were talking when we were talking, we were that was when we both were you were in the spa business, yes, and I never to be in the spa business. I started that lash company. It was uh, a very you know, painful three year, process. I loved it. Right. But I knew, okay, how much it cost me for Lashville, how much, you know, it was for overhead, how much, you know, I was expected to make off of it and how many there we had a membership um, uh, a model. So it was either depending on how many, you know, I knew that I had 226 members. I knew that I would have that monthly income that would, you know, it was a reoccurring income and then how much on products that we, you know, could, you know, realistically expect to make which for $3,400 a month. I knew these and I always knew that there was a deficit and that's why it, it was a painful learning process. Mm -hmm. That's why when you, when I talked to you, you were like, yeah, I'm doing great. I'm like, Oh, where do you make your money? Is it product? Is it facials? Is it, you know, is it, is it, is it it treatments? Is it massage? It was, uh, it was a really great conversation with you. By the end of it, you Mm -hmm. were like, Oh yeah. Like, well, if that's where you're making your money, then that's where you should focus on.
1: Yes. Yeah, so um, can you share to our listener about what your experience as far as, you know, buying a franchise or getting into a franchise?
2: You don't want to hear that. <laughs> don't do it. <laughs> if you have a vision and you have a concept, um, you know, I... Here's the thing. I you know, I have, I have a friend probably listening, Wesley Kim. He is a great franchisor. I think he's a pharmacist like crazy. I call I think I call him a drug dealer. He sells legal drugs. But he, he you know he loves franchise concepts. He loves the business in a box concept. If he can make a great return on investment, I know he really likes um, he really likes like the Pilates concepts. Because then you just mm-hmm. pay one employee and you can service 30 women or 30 people at once. And um, so you're going to have a, you know, a higher rate of return.
1: This episode of Inspired by Her is brought to you by Wagner Spray Tech. For a while now, we have been wanting to paint our RV. Luckily, we came across this Wagner Paint Sprayer called the Flexio 4000. We had a blast painting the outside of the RV because it was 10 times faster than using a brush, which is good, especially in the hot sun. Dan is pretty messy and normally gets paint everywhere. But with the Wagner Flaxio 4000, he was able to make it look professionally done since it's sprays directly from the can. Also, cleanup was super simple and only took five minutes. Visit the link in the show notes today and check it out. The Wagner Spray Tech Flexio 4000.
2: And you don't have a lot of, you know, you don't have like the office equipment or the continual security equipment, or you know, the insurance that would, that would traditionally go along with a lot of franchises. So he's been really good at honing in. On certain concepts. I think he also owns like a, a creamery, but is, um, is it the ice cream? cream? Okay. Yeah. And I think he's pretty against those. Um, but he's, he's really good at that. I am not really great at taking somebody else's concept and implementing it because I'm always looking at ways to make it better or bigger or different or shiny. And I'm, I'm just not a really good student like I'm not I I'm kind of I I I was punk rock I was the lead singer of a punk rock band I'm I really have kind of an issue with authority that's why I went to law school I not I I don't like sitting in a box
1: box, Not a
2: box type of person and so I would even find myself fighting against a lot of a lot of the ideas and Mm -hmm. it just not it's not a fit for who I am Yeah, yeah I can see that
1: so What would you, yeah. Okay. So, but then there's some other um, entrepreneur that are super successful with getting other franchise. Like we've, we have a lot of friends. We do. Yeah. So that's a good learning experience. I learned so much from that experience and I was able to visit your lash studio. It was so beautiful. Yes. So beautiful. Okay, so I, I want, still
2: have the sign and the chandelier in my in my garage. I know you're trying to get it. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm gonna have I'm gonna hang it in my in my nine-year-old's room. Have Big
1: lash. Yes. And those are expensive. Those yeah. are like 15 grand.
2: No, I don't think we paid that much. Paid I think
1: much. I paid mine about that amount. Oh my god. Mm-hmm. Okay, I know it's days. very expensive. Awesome. Yeah. They were anyway. Um so. You scale that. I really wanted our listener to um, really learn from you. Your secret sauce, as far as scaling the business, the law firm, from two to a multi-million-dollar business. Can you tell me what are your secrets?
2: The, the, I mean, it's really not a secret. It's really the people. Um, when, when we first started, we started. You know, we 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 had some really strong growing pains. We had an influx of work and we had no idea how to grow. And it was really painful because then you're doing crap work and you're working twice as hard, not twice as smart. And you're, 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 you're not, you know, you're, you're basically just trying to to tread water, but we hired in um, a guy by the name of Mark Kohler and he runs lead with purpose. And there's very similar, models out there. I know Vern Harnish has one scaling up is one of the better, uh, best ones. Traction's one of the really good ones. Um, and there, uh, there's maps, I think. Um, mm-hmm. And there, there's, but it's essentially a framework to align and organize your business. And the, the, the secret sauce really was um, organizing a management team, right. Defining who you were. Um, as I said, you know, we practiced rent law and we, we weren't that bad five, you know, Seven years in, when we when we really started organizing the firm, but what we what we did do is we hadn't really defined who we were, and we we hired in somebody to come in and, and help us, and he had basically said, well, you know, you're 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 going to be I hate to say this, you're going to be Walmart or you're going to be Nordstroms. So you need to figure out who your core clientele are, who are you going to cater to, are you going to cater to you know, are you going to be Walmart and you're going to mass produce, mass volume. Untailored product, but it's going to be the same thing consistently over and over again. Mm-hmm. where are you going to be Nordstroms, and you're going to cater to you know you're going to have a, a a luxury brand that is clearly defined and it's adaptable and amendable and tailored to your client's needs. So you really have to pick a platform. And so once we we figured out, you know, we really we really are we're we're a Nordstroms model. We mm-hmm. are you know our 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 line of it's a very closed niche it's a small field. It's not very large. Um, And our clients have very specific needs. And so we've really tailored our services to provide for them in every aspect. We really decided, you know, we're attorneys, but there's a business aspect because we're also business owners. So we're, there's, there's a business aspect and there's a legal aspect, right? And so they need legal advice, but they also, they needed business advice. Mm -hmm. And so we really became a, a, you know, a be all end all place for our clients to, you know, to use as a resource, whether it was for their legal work, for their document work, for, you know, investors, for brokers, for other things that they needed, anything from, you know, getting their website designed to, mm. um, offering their services, you know, SEO thing, cause they, these really were these businesses, they need help in every respect. Yeah. So once, I mean the secret sauce then was, um, and I try to try not to be so verbose, but once we put we we put our management team in place and we put the right people in the right seats, right? They were doing what they did best. And once we empowered them to do what they did best, it just skyrocketed. Mm-hmm. I mean, it just it took off. When yeah. when you empower the people under you remember um, somebody said, "Is Alan Peterson, actually. I think you know Alan Peterson? Yeah, yeah, yeah. he goes, if you're the smartest person in the room, fire everybody. <laughs> because that's not who you want to be.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, Christina, did you guys hire an, as the EOS implementer? Or did you hire be, a consultant?
2: It wasn't EOS. It was Lead with Purpose. Mm. And we had a one-page plan. We still use it today. And it's a. I I think it's a, it's a phenomenal program. It's called Leave with Purpose. Mark Kohler designed it. Um, but the, we use a, it's a software and it, but it's very similar to like EOS. I think any of those programs, if you can get them and you can, you can implement them and you stick to it consistently, I think. It's-
1: yeah. I yeah. think they're
2: kind of all the same, but they're all in the same wheelhouse. Yeah.
1: Okay, and I I remember when you were talking at the spa, you were doing this TEDx style. Um, You were really big in culture. Can you can you tell me more about that?
2: So culture is huge, right? Culture is people because that's where you 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 know that's where I found if I empowered people to to grow, and really that is one of my values, right? Education is a huge value for me. Um, if you give them what they need and the resources that they need and you encourage them to do it, you see them flourish and they blew and they culture, you, you don't, you can't, we couldn't have somebody in there that didn't agree with that mentality. And we've had it before. And if you, if you don't have the right, um, mentality across the board then then culture culture could could basically build you up or kill you so Mm -hmm. if you have a strong culture i i love um it the camel culture by arnie arnie i can't i'm not remembering his name um and i i apologize i um i uh i i can't uh, arnie he um he talks about how how to really get your your culture aligned And I took a, I got, I was able to see him, um, at MIT. I saw him present and I took a lot of his, uh, notes and I implemented them inside the firm. Um, one of the biggest ones that became the most helpful was called, um, like the, he calls it the dark arts and I basically called it the employee survey was, Mm -hmm. um, okay, how happy are you? And if you're not happy, you know, are you happy, you know, on a scale of one to 10, and if you didn't give us a 10, why? And that was eye-opening. That yeah, how did was you me.
1: handle that when you eye-opening. have like low, like very low score? How did you handle that personally? You read all that survey and results and it's very <laughs> hard to, <look laughs> to face, right?
2: Right. Um, it's really just getting down to knowing what people really want. Mm-hmm. And if you can provide it, your, the rate of return is, is, it's not, it's, it's a sudden, it's, it'll skyrocket, you know, it's, so, how did I handle it, I, you know, our management team, when we first started reading these results, everybody would get angry and get hot, and be like, oh, that's so-and-so, even though it was, it was anonymous, okay, so we had no idea if it was so-and-so, that so-and-so, and, and they're just bitter because of this, and they're, and, and but once we got past that, we always took a couple of days to just relax and let it go. We're like, okay, now now that we can get the emotions out of the way, um, we can see, okay, what the real problem is and if we can address it. And if we can address it, well, let's address it and let's fix it. Mm-hmm. And um, some, some stuff we were just, you know, wow, we were just really naive. We had no idea this was even an issue, right? Yeah. And it was very yeah. easily fixed. Yeah. Um, other stuff took a long, it was a long process to fix. Compensation structures are always difficult. They're always difficult. I think they're difficult anywhere, right? Because yeah. people are always going to feel that they're, they deserve more. And um, so.
1: Yeah, that's, that's a lot to take in. And um, I know I get sometimes to get in trouble for opening my mouth. Remember that? I wouldn't mention it, but.
2: No, I, I love it because you are, you're actually very good about, your culture the the, the ladies are no I mean
1: I love no I uh, what I'm saying is no I love I love my team actually yesterday we were handling food to our t- staff and one of my staff said like oh my god I feel like we're really not disturbing getting this like no I, this is for you guys you guys took care of the company while we were open it's our time to take care of you we'll make sure none of you guys are hungry but you know, that,
2: that, when I saw you doing, it, I saw you, I saw you post a couple weeks ago that you were providing rice and, you know, beans and flour so that your employees could eat during this time. And some of them are even living in your hotel. Is that right?
1: Yes. Yeah.
2: With, with their family.
1: Yes. And
2: I, I mean, I just want to say that is just a true leader right there. It's like a very kind person and it's just representative of such strong leadership. I, I'm, I'm very very proud of you You must be very proud
1: of yourself oh no i mean like it's just the right thing to do it's right it's not proud that
2: you are doing the right thing during this time yeah when i know things aren't easy for you yeah no
1: yeah i know and they all know like we're all struggling all businesses are shut down but i could do that i would rather not have food in my table than them all of them are hungry you know like uh, you know it's just the right thing to do
2: well, and I think that's, that's a very important thing. You just said, because that was always um, my mentality is that my employees eat first. Mm-hmm. They, and they always have, and, and they, they get paid before I get paid period. So, and I've, I've always believed that I still yeah. do today because yeah. they're working for you. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, a failure of the businesses. It's, it's my responsibility. It's not theirs.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, um, Christina, I know you you've done that to your nanny too. Um, I've heard you sharing that story, and um, you know it, it just it just it just it's not hard to make a decision. It's just the right thing to do, and we know when we do that, we get threefold of motivation because we really genuinely care about them.
2: You yeah, I mean, but you're you're such a special person, right? And you're right now you've got. Two, you know, you've got a spa at two locations and you have a hotel at two locations, a hotel and spa, two things that are shut down shut down right now. You're not seeing any income. And, but, but I love it. I love the fact that this is during all of this, this is, you started this podcast and people are downloading it and you're, the whole point is to spread hope and, um, telling women's stories and I mean your story is phenomenal you know you didn't just pull the sheet up over your head and cry you said okay I got to get out there I had to feed my employees I'm going to start a podcast a podcast what what really like why a podcast well at first you know I was
1: bored myself right I was to be honest I didn't think of it I was just like I was just going to do a podcast so I could entertain myself so I won't get like really focused into what's, I mean, I'm not trying to stick my head in the sand of not really, you know, paying attention to what's happening, but I have to be productive in this time because I have so much time. And this really gets me into like, oh my God, I could do a lot of things. And majority of us, if you've noticed women, no one really talks about everyone is so scared to share our story. Even me, like how many times I have to post something, but I have to delete it because I don't want anyone to read or know my story, right? Like we all do. Like we, we would rather hide in the room. Like, no, we don't want to talk about it. Right. So I was interviewing this two couple in the Philippines. They have 11 million views and I asked them like how did you guys start did you guys plan it so like no I didn't plan it So like my advice to you if you want to do it just do it don't even think about it like (laughs) you learn as you go I mean I was terrible at the first it was dark but I don't really care much anymore so I'll just do it and I think it's it's if we can help each other and know what other person in doing what makes them successful and even inspiring a one person. That's only my goal. And not knowing I get all these messages that they learn so much or they're inspired. So why
2: not? That's why we, it's it's so important to just share your contribution.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: So what is your why? Well, I really
1: wanted to push, to really uh, help a lot of women entrepreneurs. I think if I know what I know now, I'm just lucky that I have you guys. I have the women of EO and other um, tribe, the YAC tribe that really help me. If I have a question or if I struggle and someone could give me advice, that would be great. That little help really. I mean, I could save a lot of money of making bad decisions or, running a company, you have no clue. Like it just, you know, I wish if, if I know what I know now, I, I it could have been better. And if I could save someone a mistake, that's great enough for me. I think that's the reason why I created the podcast.
2: Just to help people. I, and we're, we're sisters there. I mean, we're, we resonate together. If I could just, I feel the same way. I get so I, I, I get so much from helping others. Like I derive so much pleasure if I can help somebody just be happier. Um, I had a, a lady come over, a friend brought her over and, um, she was just so sad. She's like, my, you know, I've been a sales manager for you know 15 years and they just laid me off and my husband of 25 years just left me. And I was just like, Oh my God, my heart went out to this woman. And I, I, I didn't, I was like, how, I just, how do I help her? Like, how do I, there was no words that I could say. And I looked at her nails and she was, oh, don't look at my nails. I, she's like, they're just so ugly. And the quarantine is, I can't get them done. And I was like, I have gel to your nails. And I did her nails and she was just glowing by the time she left. It was all the payment I needed. I felt so good. Well, I could just this make this sad lady happy. Oh wow. She was just so happy when she left and I'm like, I feel so good right now that I made her that I brightened her day just by doing her nails.
1: Yeah. I well, you're it. so generous. Like every time I come to your house, she's just like, here's the food, you wanna bring it? Like you're just well,
2: a I, very I generous. Need to stop that. <laughs> <laughs> this quarantine has killed my wardrobe. It's like what 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 style of yoga pants are? <laughs> yeah
1: well yeah i know that's that's like a that little
2: brown, <laughs> we can just sculpt put the, it put the the what is it the contour on mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: yeah <laughs> i told you sit in the sauna in the spa um
2: <laughs> i know i'll come over i i miss i miss our, our our spa days and our yoni scenes.
1: <laughs> i know right no, talk no. about
2: a concept you you brought that out that is what made you think it would work here well,
1: okay, I did it. We I'm should like, define okay.
2: what it is because a lot of people. Okay, so yoni
1: yes, I know. Oh my god, I have yoni steam is vagina steam. Okay, and so we put different herbs, and the idea is you're embracing womanhood. You're supposed to sit there and meditate, and you know it's actually a very relaxing treatment. Don't you agree? Yes. Yeah. So sometimes it gets really a little bit weird but I remember my mother has been doing it for a very long time for some other things like it's really good after birth and um and it's getting so popular well me and Kalika actually went to Hawaii we tried it and I was like oh my god I used to do this after birth right and so that was the first time I mean, in the U.S., but I've done it in the Philippines. But we we used to just grab any different leaves or just hot water and steam with different, you know, like whatever medicinal plants that we can we can use. So um, I guess it's been done for a hundred. It's been done for a hundred years in 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 China for like for the royalties for anyone. Anyway. I mean, it was a very relaxing treatment it just sounds well it's
2: so fun when when we get together as a group of ladies and we like well we just we were having our, our champagne and picking goddess cards and while yeah. he was there doing the meditation and it was just very I, it was very it, it, it really released the feminine energy like it really brought
1: that up for me yeah yeah it's it's, it's actually it's it was, actually um it's, you know, it, it, it's up to you if you believe in it or not. But it, it definitely makes me feel really good and connected with, I mean, I love just hanging out there and we all giggle and laugh and like what the heck we're doing, right? But um, yeah, that was a fun treatment and I would love to do that in the resort. I, I definitely wanted to bring the customized chair and everything. I think it's really such, it adds, I mean, it's a great experience. I mean, I, I swear by it personally and so is a lot of people.
2: Yeah. Oh, speaking of your resort, I never got to boil in your copper pot. The big copper cow, uh, yeah. cow No,
1: so we call yeah. it the cow bath. So um You should bring one of those to the spa. We
2: need
1: we need to we need to visit very soon. Yeah. This will get lifted. Um so Christina, uh can you name a person who had a trem- tremendous impact to you as a leader? a
2: person. Um, you know, over the last few years there's been just so many. Um, but I guess one of the um, one of uh, the very first attorneys that I worked for um, she called me into her office and um i was i was i I think i was i was a law clerk and then i ended up becoming a lawyer during that time and she she was critiquing a memo that i had written and she said you know you are you're you're so bright you have so many ideas and you, for some reason, you're just afraid of going for it. And nobody had ever told me I was afraid of anything ever in my life. And so she said, you just need to go for it. You just need to do it. And, and, and once you do it, then you just, you, you'll be okay. You just do it again and again and again. And I think having, you know, a, a woman, especially a woman attorney, um, how you, you know, just to take that first leap and just, you know, just go for it. Like my, I was strategizing a case and just like, if this isn't what you want to do with it, but this is what you should do with it. There, you know, if, if this is the the road you want to go, even though it contradicts, you know, my strategy, I I don't agree with it. This is how you want to go. Then you should go. You need to believe in yourself. You need to just do it. Mm-hmm. You, you, you know, you can't second guess yourself. And so I guess that was, that was the one person that really taught me you know, to just, you know, it starts with you, starts with me. Mm -hmm. I have to believe in myself first and, 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 and go from there because nobody else is going to believe in me if I don't believe in me first. So I would say as a leader, she was really it. I mean, somebody that had the biggest impact on me.
1: Yeah, that's amazing. Now, tell me about a mistake that you made.
2: Oh, which one? (laughs) Um, a mistake that I made, um, let's see, one of the biggest mistakes that I've made, um, that I can divulge, not get in trouble for. (laughs) Um, I'm trying to think of something that, um, I mean the most. I guess the most recent thing is I screwed up a, a report. Um, I was always used to doing it a certain way, mm-hmm. and I would always look to the, the bottom line to take the numbers, and um, I screwed up because I failed to see that um, that there was a there was a, a total at the end of the report,
1: mm-hmm.
2: and um, luckily the mistake was caught. Before it did any real damage, but that was a re- that was a recent mistake, and I um, I'm not going to make it again. <laughs> I'll tell you that. Um, so I always I always I always double check my work, but then uh, that particular time, I I didn't I didn't see that there was not a toll at the bottom, and so that could have been a really big issue. So, um, are you thinking of uh, another mistake, maybe? that's very good screaming at my children I lose it
1: (laughs) okay so for any what would be your advice to any aspiring entrepreneur
2: oh um aspiring entrepreneurs you gotta get that uh, for me it's taking that, that, that negative little voice in your head uh-huh. and just ripping that shit out and throwing it away, you know, because that, those, those negative voices in your head, they don't serve you. Mm. That's the one thing, you know, there, there, there is, um, you know, that little, you're not going to do it. You're not going to do it. You're not going to succeed. You're not, you can't do it. That voice, just throwing it out. Um, the other thing is, is to really stay, I mean, for me, what's super, super important is I meditate and I walk. And I, if, if I don't, I really go a little crazy. So for me doing something that grounds me every day, um, for me, it's meditation and it's walking is self-care, just taking care of yourself. Cause I do notice that especially a lot of aspiring entrepreneurs, you're going to work for me, I worked so hard that I just didn't take care of myself because I was so focused on the goal. So I think for a lot of aspiring entrepreneurs and entrepreneurs in general, it's just really take the time out to care for yourself. Because if you don't care for yourself, you can't care for anybody else. Mm -hmm. That's so true. Yeah.
1: So how are you pivoting? What are you doing with this current pandemic? Are you pivoting your business? What are you doing?
2: So right now we're in a fortunate position, you know, it's, it's, it's legal. Um, So the attorney, so we we naturally assume that securities and transactional work will, securities work will probably definitely go down, but transactional work um, will pivot as far as instead of writing new loans and making new loans, clients will probably be looking at more forbearance agreements and loan modifications. Um, Foreclosure work will probably go up. Um, litigation will definitely go up litigation and bankruptcy and during you know a business town term people just tend to sue so while litigation was somewhat down it's that generally you'll see a big peak and a spike in that and as people can't afford their mortgages uh, they will be filing bankruptcy so lenders will be need to be, will need to be protected to secure their their lane positions. and so there will be a lot of work
1: a lot of work yeah that, that's true um
2: but what the uh marketing and media division did. Oh, that is, that is run by some bright people. Um, and I, I I wish I could take even an ounce of credit for it, but I can't. Um, they're just an amazing group of, of, um, of people that run our media department and they actually uh, came up with the concept of a complete virtual conference. Hmm. So while we had, um, three conferences last year, we have our big one in Vegas. You know, we have a bunch of attendees. Um, and we have another one in Newport Beach, and then we have one in LA. Like we, while we have our um, our, our in-person conferences because of the pandemic, they actually created a virtual conference, and that's coming up May twentieth, where um, all of our you know our clients or anybody you know interested in, in private money is able to attend um, by ticket, and. I, it's just, a, it's just brilliant, brilliant idea. So that that was one huge way that the company is pivoting.
0: Yeah,
1: well, a lot of a lot of smart entrepreneurs are doing that. I just paid two grand for this classes for, um, I think four weeks or I think eight weeks. But like, there's a lot of lot of things that you can do. We can be creative at this time doing it the right way not like yeah. taking advantage of people but yeah you still could do virtual events which a lot of people are doing
2: yeah oh i know i mean like look at the event space right i heard that uh that almost all events and concerts were canceled until 2021 but these you know really talented artists and DJs are out there spinning and they're doing virtual conferences i'm mean, at virtual conferences vir- virtual events you know they're they're uh, hosting them um, you know, Friday night, Saturday night parties and they're they're doing sets and yeah, I would love to I, would I would pl- love to. it was really I fun
1: to thinking about it last Sunday. Oh we're not gonna mention what we're discussing <laughs> but <it>. something <laughs> virtual. <laughs> With our bubbly. Yes. And so I know we were laughing about Doing an investment in Joshua Tree, isn't it so funny what people are posting and sharing about their properties, like, making it sound like it was a big resort, but it's like a
2: dirt
0: <laughs>
2: What are you talking about? My property in Joshua Tree is going to be phenomenal. It's like, it's, what do we call it, a dirt bag? <laughs> a dirt
1: bag. It's- <laughs> Yeah, I know. I just like every time I get, okay, for anyone who's listening, I have this property in Joshua Tree and I rent it out raw land. And so people can camp raw raw land. No
2: water, no no power, no street, no road, nothing. (laughs) It's dirt.
1: (laughs) Every time I get a booking with a view. (laughs) Yeah. So I get really excited. So I have to message Christina look, I'm making 50 bucks a night for like, Dirt bag it
2: sells. <laughs> I think it's great. It's great. Just throw up a fire pit.
1: Yes. Well, I actually created three stone, make it a fire I pit. Saw so that. At least we have something. So um, there's a lot of ways you can do it, earn money. I mean, no matter what's gonna happen, we're always gonna figure it out because our yeah. brain is co- it's constantly working. We have to. We have to because <laughs> we have a lot of bills to pay. It's our nature. Yeah, it, it just. It just never stops. Like, it just, it can't, I mean, your brain is just constantly working. Um, so, Christina, how do you want to be remembered?
2: How do I want to be remembered? Um, uh, I guess I want people to say that um, she was a very loving person and that I did something that helped them be happier, Mm. you know, something just to be happier. Even if you looked at the world just slightly differently so that, Mm. or looked at a situation slightly differently so that you, you know, could experience joy, some respect.
1: Oh my God. I could talk to you forever.
2: Um, I know. I was thinking, where was this supposed to be 30 minutes? (laughs) Yeah. So Christina,
1: where can they find you? What's your handle?
2: So it's Christina L. Jirassi. Um That is my uh, Instagram. Uh, but my website is Jirasi LLP. So Christina Gerassi Gerassi Law Firm, G-E-R-A-C-I. But if you go to Jirasi LLP, you can see all the phenomenal services that our media division is hosting. We, Like I said, we have a virtual conference coming up on the 20th um we have webinars we're hosting webinars um probably we, almost weekly at this point and um yeah that's me well thank you so much thank
1: you for sharing all your um sharing your story for being open and we learned a lot from you like your advice i mean you're 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 so amazing and do amazing things, even though I think you're not, but I think you're an amazing person and you have a You are an
2: amazing person.
1: And so uh thank you so much
2: and have a good day. Thank you so much, Kate. I love you. Bye Christina. Bye.
0: We hope you enjoyed the show. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. And visit katehancock.com so you don't miss out on the next episode. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day from Movement. Whether your mom is into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, Movement has something she'll love. And right now, everything at Movement is up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale.